Well, the Big D is back with a football, yes, football theme episode today. Please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. See all my content. See all my videos. Also, check out the Big D podcast for your audio updates on Spotify and Apple. So, joining us to talk all things transfers from across the pond, my friend Charlie Mullen. So, Charlie, uh, uh, how how many of uh, how many million euros would a year transfer deal consist of? <laughs> Hello, Dylan. Thanks for having me on. How much would say that again? What was the question? How much, how much would a year deal go for? I think you. I reckon you would break the uh, British spending <laughs> record. Yeah, that's very kind of you, Dylan. Um, it's only how much someone's prepared to pay for you. So um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know how many knots there would be in my transfer fee, but then you've got the the wages on top of that as well. <laughs> so you're saying you know, Cristiano Ronaldo won't have any trouble. You're saying Cristiano Ronaldo might play second fiddle to you in Saudi Arabia, then? Yeah, it's Ronaldo, Neymar, and then a bit further down would be me. <laughs> But we might talk about uh, yeah, that'll be interesting seeing Ronaldo and Neymar play over play over there. But um, yeah, you say that, but I don't think there's any interest in the Saudi league at all, really. I, I don't know. It seems like all the play. It seems like all the well, not all, but it seems like all the old players want to play there. Yeah, for money. That's all. That's yeah, all. We, what would you rather have? What What would you rather do? Would you rather well? I mean, yeah, I'll ask you. What What would you rather do? Win five Champions Leagues and earn, you know, amount of money that you can easily live on and your family can live on, or not win any Champions Leagues and play for a stupid amount of money? I know it's in, personally, if you had any pride as a footballer, you would play to win the biggest trophies, the biggest medals, biggest competitions in the world. And if you're a European player or is used to playing in Europe, the Champions League doesn't get any bigger than that. Stay in Europe, win that as often as you can. Neymar, you know, he's going to go to the Saudi League. How many Champions Leagues has he won? None since he's been at PSG. Um, so that tells you all you need to know about these players. Driven by money, and it's a disgrace. Yeah, we're going to talk Saudi League in a little bit, but um, how about maybe the biggest transfer, one of the biggest transfers we've seen in a long time. Uh, Spurs finally selling Harry Kane to uh, Bayern Munich, and uh, it finally happened. Harry Kane finally left Spurs. I never thought Daniel Levy would sell Harry Kane, but he finally did for a hefty fee, and Bayern Munich finally got its Robert Lewandowski striker. They hope. They hope. They hope. I don't know about you, but I'm starting to think that uh, Harry Kane is cursed. The Harry Kane curse. You heard it here first. <clears throat> Spent all those years at Tottenham, got to the Champions League final, didn't win that. Got to the final of the Euros with England, didn't win that. Goes to Bayern Munich, First game that he plays in is a game that they should possibly win um, to secure the German Super Cup. They don't win that. So I'm starting to think Harry Kane is cursed. But seriously, he'll win that Bundesliga title with, uh, with Bayern Munich. There's no doubt about that because there isn't much competition in that league. I know Borussia Dortmund would be the main competitors for that title. But 
I still think Bayern are stronger than them. Uh, RB Leipzig, possibly. Um, they might pose a challenge. But Bayern Munich, they're, they're an aging squad. Um, Harry Kane will score a lot of goals. They'll probably win the league. But it's how they do in the uh, Champions League that really matters. Um, as for you know, as for Tottenham, it, you know, money talks at the end of the day. They got a lot of money for them. They can use that to strengthen their squad. Um, from after last year, they really need it. Um, so yeah, it gives uh, Son and Richarlison a chance to score a few goals for Tottenham and be the the main man. You know, um, let's not forget a lot of those goals that Harry Kane scored were penalties. Um, so, you know, while he was a very prolific goal scorer and very good from the penalty spot, um, a lot of those goals came from penalties. So it'll be interesting to see who Spurs bring in to replace him. But he's a massive loss, and it's sad for the Premier League that he isn't there anymore. Um, I still think he will come back in a few years' time, possibly to Tottenham. They might have first refusal on him if he does come back to the Premier League. Or go to Man City or Man United or whatever. And um, I think he will eventually break the Alan Shearer's record of the most goals in the Premier League. How much do you think that breaking Alan Shearer's goal scoring record could have maybe for him could have maybe kept him in England, whether it be with Spurs or one of the big side city or probably more so United? Well, Clearly not that much, because if he did want to break the all-time record, he would have stayed at Tottenham. Um, you know, I'm thinking, if I'm Harry Kane, I'm thinking, oh, why did I not do all I could to join Man City two seasons ago, two summers ago? Um, you know, he would have won the treble. Or if the curse is true, somebody else would have won all those trophies and Man City wouldn't have won any. Um, so, yeah, I just, to be... In Harry Kane's company, and just asking that question would be priceless. Um, do you regret not joining Man City when you had that chance a couple of summers ago? Um, so, yeah, the Premier League will continue without Harry Kane. Someone else, it's a chance for someone else to step up and uh, become a star. Um, we saw Erling Haaland do it last season. Um, let's hope Rasmus Hoyland is the next big thing to score 25 goals in a season. We can't but hope. Yeah, I mean, but um, is Harry Kane a coast player? Because, I mean, seemingly in the last six or seven years, I mean, Spurs, I think Spurs made one cup final, which City won and won the, but uh, England reached the semis of the World Cup in 2018, lost the Euro final to Italy, and then Harry Kane missed the penalty for England against France in that 2022 World Cup semi of uh, World Cup quarterfinal, plus Spurs made a tw the 2019 Champions League final, mm -hmm. but Harry Kane wasn't himself that night and that night in Madrid. So, is I mean, is Harry Kane just a great goal scorer? Or is he just not? Was he or is he capable of winning silverware? Well, he is capable of winning silverware in Germany with Bayern Munich because, like I said, they don't have much uh, competition. Um, now, it all depends as well how he takes, how seriously he takes this move. He has to learn German, you know, which you know I can imagine is a very difficult thing to do at his age. You know, learning a new language. Uh, I'm sure he'll settle in quite comfortably, you know, with the the culture and the lifestyle, etc. 
Um, so he shouldn't have any problem there. Um, he's got good players around him. Um, he's got a manager, and you know, he's got a manager in Thomas Tuchel who I would be wary if I was him. He needs to get off to a good start uh, for Bayern this this season. Otherwise, we recall last season um, Bayern did everything but did everything to lose the Bundesliga, and Dortmund blew it on the last day. Yes. Mm-hmm. But you know the, the the all the hard work had been done before Thomas Tuchel joined. It was just a case of steadying the ship for a few games and um, getting them over the line. If they get off to a bad start, the the Bayern Munich fans will uh, easily turn on Thomas Tuchel and uh, force him out because they're used to success. They're not going to, <laughs> you know, look at the previous Bayern manager um, dumped out when they were second in the in the table, one point I think it was behind Dortmund at the time. I mean that's ridiculous. Um, so if I was Thomas Tuchel, I would be very wary of his situation at the moment. So he needs to get Harry Kane firing and scoring as soon as possible. Plus, I think Bayern. Plus, I think Bayern's going through a transition because they've got some older. Yes, players, but some, but some really, but some really good young players. Of course, uh, Thomas Muller's seemingly been there for what ages? Who's uh, <laughs> the Who's the midfielder? Uh, Joshua Kimmich. Yep, yep. But they've got some great players coming through, like Musiala. Um, he's a really good player. Leroy Sané. Um, you know, he's got a lot of potential left in him. Um, so yeah. Coleman. Pardon? Kingsley Coleman. Yes. Uh-huh. So there is good players in that squad. They won't have any competition in the Bundesliga. It's just in the Champions League how they get on. And um, I'm sure Harry Kane will be delighted to be back in the Champions League. Um, will they win it? Probably not. But we will see. It all depends on the draw later on in the knockout stage. Yeah, if they get if they end up with man if they end up with Man City in the quarterfinal again, like Well Yeah, I mean you know, you look at Real Madrid, they've strengthened in the summer. They might be a force in the Champions League this season. Uh, Jude Bellingham. You know, he's got off to a good start for his new club. I really rate him, and he's only 19. Um, the world is that. It's, it's scary. It really is scary. Now, that's a transfer. That's probably the best one that's been done over the season, over the summer, I should say. How will um, Madrid, Madrid place replace Benzema? Because he's, I mean, yeah, yeah, of course, they've got Vinicius, but he's not a number nine. He's a winger. No, um, I haven't seen if they have replaced him. Uh, Benzema, so I'm sure they've got a young up-and-coming forward that can slot into that position and make a name for himself. And then the uh, second big transfer, literally done within the last uh, 36, 48 hours, uh, Chelsea getting uh, Moises said, wait, uh, let, let me see if I can say his name right, because you know me with those, with these South American names. Moises said Said Casado, yeah, Casado, yeah, Casado, yeah. I think that's how everybody says it over here. Listen, I know you're a Chelsea fan, he needs to be winning Ballon d'Ors left, right, and center for the money they have paid for him. He's only played what 50 60 Premier League matches and he's been sold for 115 million pounds. I don't know what that is in dollars. 
but in pounds, that's a hell of a lot of money for a teenager. Uh, I think he's a teenager, isn't he? Uh, I think he's 19, 20. I think he's 22, 23. Right. Okay. Well, still a lot of money for a, a young kid like that. Um, sometimes transfer fees like that weigh on people's minds and they don't play as well as people would expect them to. So um, it's a big adjustment for him. And if he makes, if, if he gets off to a slow start for Chelsea, people are going to call him a waste of money. And, you know, you've got to deal with all that criticism on social media and things like that. So he better be good. He better be good. Well, I mean, Chelsea spent a lot of money in the last year. I mean, the, the new owner's not afraid to write a big check. I mean, he wrote a couple big checks last year, wrote bigger checks in the in January, and now um, spent $140 million on a 21-year-old midfielder, but one with all kinds of potential. And you yeah. imagine if this Chelsea midfield hits with Casado and Enzo Fernandez, woof! Yeah, you say that, but I've not been impressed with Enzo Fernandez so far um, since he's been there. You know, maybe now that he's been through the preseason with Chelsea, we might see more of him. I know he won the World Cup with Argentina. Don't get me wrong, he's a very good player. But I've yet to see the best of him uh, in the Premier League. But that was probably because, as well, last season Chelsea were a disaster from top to bottom. Managers, I don't know, you don't know what style of football you've been asked to play. Um, so yeah, this season is up to you know we'll dis we'll define uh, how Enzo gets on this season. Um, but yeah, Casado, the jury's out. Um, you know, Brighton are a very good team. Um, he's joined Chelsea for a lot of money and a lot of expectation. So yeah, it's down to Pochettino to get the best out of him. At least he's not a striker because you know what happens when Chelsea gets a new, when the Blues get a new number nine. <laughs> well, I said to you in the summer, didn't I, that um, Nkunku was going to be a great signing. You know, if he can score a goal early, um, that would be a great confidence booster for him. And then what happens? He gets injured. You know, so he did. He looked really good in preseason. And I thought, yeah, this guy could possibly turn things around for Chelsea if he gets chances created for him. Uh, which they did on the American tour, um, which I'm sure you watch a lot of. He looked really good. So, yeah, that's a, and the fact that he's out for a significant period of time is a bit of a worry, or extended period of time. You know, we're not sure yet as to how long he's out for, which means that it might be more serious than people first thought. I don't know what it is, but Chelsea, but Chelsea's players seemingly all get, like, leg injuries, whether it be knee or hamstring injuries. I remember... Uh, in the U.S., I remember Ruben Loftus sheep tearing his Achilles. I think at Gillette Stadium a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why are the Blues training the U.S. playing preseason games in the U.S.? Just send them all, all over the world. We don't tear. We don't tear ligaments, tear or strain ligaments in Australia. Mm. No, but money talks, doesn't it? If you're getting paid a lot of money to travel to the US for a tour, you'll take it, won't you? And um, I had a conversation with a friend of mine that I work with um, about who Chelsea's new manager should be a few months ago. And he said, Reese James. And I says, well, can you really rely on Reese James? Yeah, Reese James to, uh, to be the captain on the pitch, game in, game out. And what happens first game of the season? He gets injured. 
fail. Yeah. He plays three games. Plays three games. He plays two games and all of a sudden misses eight weeks. Yeah, and he only played. I don't know. Was it 19, 20, 21 games last season? Um, so making him captain seemed a very strange decision. Uh, signing Kovacic, I don't think that's a good signing, but I could be wrong. Sorry, that was Man City. Man City. Sorry, that was Man City who signed him. Um, so yeah. Um, I don't know. Chelsea have a lot of impressing to do. Um, they looked all right against Liverpool. So, but it's shall... not the Liverpool we remember from three or four years ago winning everything. No, no, that is true. That is true. So, yeah, now they are. It's a big job for uh, Maurizio Pochettino to turn the, the club around. But listen, he's getting well, he's getting well backed by the owner. Todd Bowley, so he's got no complaints there. He's you know he's making the money available. He now has to get the team playing and winning games and, and challenging him for trophies. But the one thing for Chelsea this season, uh, I think they will finish top four. And the reason why I say that is because they've got no European football this year, so there's no distractions in midweek. They can play Saturday, 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 Saturday. And if there are any players with a few little sort of niggly injuries, um, they can play. You know, so get you know get some treatment early in the week and then get ready for the weekend. So having no European football is a blessing, I think. Hey, the last time Chelsea didn't have European football was the 2016-17 season when Tony O'Connor came in. And you yep. know what happened that year? They won the league. <laughs> they won the league. Tony O'Connor played like 15, like 12, 13 guys the whole year. Yeah. And the season before Leicester, they went in Europe. They won the league. So now, now the Foxes are out of the the Premier League in general. Correct. So, yeah, um, it helps not having European football. I know it's not what the fans want, but if you look for the positives, that is a massive positive for Chelsea. The fact that you're not playing, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, you can just. Crack on, play on a Saturday, play the following Saturday. You might have a few league game, you know, league cup games in the week. Um, but they can handle that. So yeah, you've got to make the most of that. Okay, looking at the uh, top EPL sides, obviously uh, Man City won FA Cup, Premier League, Champions League last year, but this is a different city side. I mean, they're going to run off to Barcelona, Mullers off to Saudi Arabia. Goodness knows what happens with Bernardo Silva between now and the deadline. Yes, yes, City added um, uh, what is his name? The uh, Croatian defender, Galvao. Oh yeah, um, Guardiol. Guardiol from RB Leipzig for seventy-seven million pounds. So, Pep strengthening the back end more, but I mean, we already saw Kevin De Bruyne limp off against Burnley on Friday night, so. Do you think that City, I mean, objectively, you think the City may need one or two more additions? Or... Yeah, I do. Um, the news breaking a few hours ago, Dylan, was that Kevin De Bruyne is out for four months. Oh, gosh. With what? Um, do, do, do. It's a serious injury, says oh. Gordon. We have to decide if he needs surgery or not. 
but he will be out for a few months. Uh, it's a hamstring injury. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're not good. Um, but listen, this this should have been nipped in the bud at the end of last season when he limped out of the Champions League final for the second time in a row, for the second year in a row. Uh, okay, the first one was a facial injury. I understand that. Um, your boys did a good job on him then. Uh, <laughs> but he limped out of the Champions League final. How come it's only been decided now, three months later, two months later, that he might need surgery? That doesn't make sense to me. That's that's poor. Um, if there was a hamstring injury that forced him out of the Champions League final, doctors should have realized, okay, you've got a serious problem here. You might need surgery on this, so you need to think about that. So uh, I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't be happy with the way things have progressed since the end of last season. Anyway, on Man City themselves, you know, let's not feel too sorry for them because they've got one of the best squads in Europe. That's why they won the Champions League last year. So, listen, um, Cole Palmer has suddenly emerged as a really sort of good player who can come in. Um, Kovacic came in for him against Burnley on on Friday night, so he get, he might get more playing time. Um, listen, I think I think Pep would want more players in, um, and certainly losing De Bruyne for four months is a major blow. Um, but you know, <laughs> injuries happen. You know, God, I know all about it. I've got a. Miami Dolphins quarterback who struggles to stay fit, but that's for another day. Um, yeah, injuries happen. You have to have a squad big enough to cope with injuries, and they do have a big enough squad to cope with it. By the time he comes back, listen, by the time he comes back in four months' time, that'll be December, they could be... They could still be top of the league. They could be two or three points, four points behind. They were eight points behind Arsenal last year and still won you know, the title, so... They know how to get it done, Man City. So let's not let's not cry too many tears for them. Just keep Haaland healthy. Keep who? Oh yeah, Haaland. Well, you know he's he's due an injury. He's due an injury. I, I'm not trying to tempt fate. I am. I am. Um, but yeah, if he does get injured, you know you've got a you've got a World Cup winner there in Alcaraz to sort of come into him to come in for him, Alvarez. So yeah. City, I'll be fine. Don't worry about that. I wouldn't be surprised if Phil Foden played the number 10 role too. Possibly, yeah. Like, absolutely. Definitely. Um, it's it's embarrassing the players that they have on the sideline that they could bring into the team. It really is. Calvin Phillips, you know, this could be his chance to sort of get a place in the team. I know they're different players. He's not a Kevin De Bruyne, but by bringing him in, you know, can sort of push a few more players forward. Um, so yeah, they'll be all right. Yeah, so from Manchester to North London, where also made a couple interesting moves. Again, you've mentioned uh, one half of England's midfield from the Euros in 2021. How about Austin getting Declan Rice for a uh, giant for a uh, hundred plus million euros? Yeah, if I had. 115 million pounds, which Chelsea spent on Casado. <clears throat> if I had a chance to sign either Declan Rice or Moses Casado, I would go for Declan Rice. He's more experienced in the Premier League. He's a leader, which is what our, you know Arsenal 
might need in that midfield area. I know uh, Odegaard is the leader uh, in that team. Um, but since they lost Granit Xhaka, um, they sort of missed that sort of a bite, a bit of steeliness in midfield. I think Declan Rice can be that player. Um, whether or not he can lead them to a title this season, um, possibly, possibly. You know, Arsenal have um, Champions League aspirations as well. It depends how they cope with both competitions. But certainly Declan Rice is a very good signing for Arsenal and makes them a lot stronger. Um, I'm not sure about signing um, David Rea, the goalkeeper, as well. Um, that's 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 a bit strange. That's a bit from left field for me. Ramsdale didn't do anything wrong last season. So why, why create an issue when there isn't one in the first place? Well, well, it's, well, I think Walter just got covered because uh, Turner went to Nottingham Forest. Say that again, sir. I think Austin are just wanted cover for Ramsdale because Turner went to Nottingham Forest. Well, yeah, but Rhea is a very good goalkeeper. You know, we left Brentford, wasn't it? First choice goalkeeper there. So he's going to expect to be first choice goalkeeper at Arsenal. It's like. If you're an NFL head coach, you don't bring in um, Dan Marino to be back up to Joe Montana, do you? You're just creating a controversy there. Uh, I know the NFL loves a quarterback controversy, so let's say a goalkeeping controversy in the Premier League. It, it just doesn't make sense. You can't keep both of them happy. Um, I don't know. It just seemed like a strange one to me. I didn't think they needed to buy that goalkeeper. I know they need a backup goalkeeper, which is fine, but get one who's coming to the end of his career who's happy to sit on the bench. Is Rea going to be happy sitting on the bench after being first choice last season? I'm not sure. Is Ramsdale going to be happy if he gets dropped? Certainly not. So interesting times there. I think Mikel Arteta has created a problem that he didn't need. And also, and also I feel like with the Gunners, I don't know who's going to score the goals because Gabriel Jesus that yeah Kai they brought in Kai Havertz from Chelsea but you you and I both know Havertz yeah who scored big goals but he's not really a traditional number nine goal scorer like Lewandowski Harry Kane or Holland. No, he's not. Definitely not. Um, Havertz is not someone you can rely on to score lots of goals. He's probably been playing out of position. Uh, the last season or two. Um, he's probably more as an attacking midfielder than a forward. Um, but, you know, you've got, you know, you've got Saka. Bakayo Saka, he's a great talent. He's going to be a world star uh, in, in the years to come. Uh, Eddie Nketiah got off the mark on Saturday. Um, so he's there. Emil Smith-Rowe, you know, still waiting for him to come back into the team. Um, they could possibly do with another signing up front. Um, we've still got another three, two weeks, two weeks in the transfer window closes. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure Arsenal will be trying to bring someone in to um, add more firepower, shall we say, to the attack. Maybe one more, maybe one more defender too. Yeah, possibly. Um just the, the defense isn't too bad, you know. Um, I don't think that's the, the problem. I think, as you said, scoring goals. Martinelli as well. Gabriel Martinelli, he's chipped in with a few important goals last season. 
And of course, we're forgetting Gabriel Jesus. You know, when he comes back fit. And don't forget Saka. I didn't. I said him at the start. Bukayo Saka. Yeah, I said him. Um, you know, he can, I said to him, he's going to be a great star in the world in the years to come. Um, so, yeah, no, I think Arsenal will be all right. Um, the way I like the way Arsenal play. They, they play a nice, open, attractive style of football. So, you know, just unfortunately last year they came up short in the uh, title run-in, but they will learn from that. I'm not saying they're going to win the league, but they might be the biggest challengers to Man, uh, Man City again this season. Well, the side you're hoping will challenge City will be the uh, Red Devils from uh, across the way in Manchester. And uh, United made a couple moves getting um, not Holland, but a, what is his name? Hoyland? Hoyland, yeah. Hoyland. Rasmus, Rasmus Hoyland. A 20 year old striker. Mason Mount. Uh, Os Osana from Inter, right? Yep. To be, to be the number one. So, what do you think about the moves United's made? Um, I watched the game last night against Wolves, and I think Mason Mount was very average. He needs to uh, realize that he's now playing for Manchester United. There was expectation levels on his shoulders. Um, and after the way things sort of went quiet for him at Chelsea, um, hopefully it's not a case of signing for a big club for a big transfer fee. And Mason Mount thinking, yeah, I'm all right now. I'm made, you know, because that sometimes happens with um, players who sign for a big amount of money. They think, okay, the football sort of loses its focus and then get distracted by other things because, you know, they're now playing for a big club. Um, so, yeah, Man United fans will expect Mason Mount to uh, do more than he did last night in that midfield. It's getting, you know, Eric Ten Hag was criticised after the game for how his midfield <clears throat> just allowed Wolves to storm right through them, up the middle all the time, create a chance after chance. 23 chances, I think, Wolves created. They deserved a penalty at least, but they deserved to take something from that game. Um, you know, United's approach was very dull um, for the first 15, 20 minutes. Uh, you know, the goalkeeper had possession for a long period of time before doing anything with it, which, you know, was very boring. Um, so, yeah. Um, can Man, Man, Man United aren't anywhere near in a position to challenge Man City. Not, not for a, a year or two. There's still players that they need to get rid of. Um, Lindelof, I know he did all right last night, but um, his time might be coming to an end. Shaw, he still produces little moments here and there, but I think there's better players available than him. So I think for Man United, top three again this year would be a good season and a decent run in the Champions League would show that the club is moving in the right direction. I feel like I, I don't know what it is, but I feel like United just always wants me one and more. But I don't think United's quite City. I don't think United's quite on the awesome level. I feel like for United, especially now, I mean, top four is probably about all. I, I mean, if 
United finished third, maybe contend one of the cup competitions, one, one, one. I think that would be a successful season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they're, they're, they're nowhere near challenging for the Premier League at this moment in time. Um, but there again, you know, Arsenal came from nowhere. So we'll wait and see. I mean, the only team that can really stop Man City is probably Man City themselves with injuries. Um, if you know, if we said Haaland gets injured for a long period of time, if he was out for four months and Kevin De Bruyne was out for four months, you know, they'd still win games. But you know, games against Crystal Palace and Fulham that they might have won last season that might turn into scrappy draws, and that just keeps the league open a little bit longer. So <clears throat> we'll wait and see. Uh, you know, um, Man United won't challenge, Liverpool won't challenge, probably Arsenal. We haven't mentioned Newcastle. They might, if they can sort of strengthen their squad, add a few more players to it. Again, they've got that distraction with the Champions League. Um, is the squad big enough to um, cope with both? Possibly. Possibly. I mean, you look at the game on Saturday when they beat Aston Villa 5-1 and you bring bring off uh, Isak and uh, put on Callum Wilson. That's a pretty good substitution, you know? having Callum Wilson on the bench ready to go on and score a few goals. So, yeah, I think Newcastle Newcastle could be pushing again for maybe top three with Man United. They could finish third. Yeah. I mean, how, I mean, and plus, uh, I think you I feel like Newcastle will, still need, needs a couple more moves that they did out of Tonali from uh, AC Milan. Mm-hmm. AC yeah, Milan. He, seems to, he seems to have settled in well. Uh, maybe defensively they need one or two more just to sort of shore things up at the back. Um, but everywhere else, midfield looks good. I think, I think they added that form, I think Newcastle added that former Southampton defender as cover for Trippier. Right. Okay. See, I like Trippier. He's got a good delivery on him from set pieces. Uh, I, not, there's not many more. There's not many more footballers. I want taking a free kick more than that guy. Remember that World Cup semi-final goal he had against. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. If you've got a free kick in the final minute on the edge of the box, would you want Kieran Trippier or would you want James Ward-Prowse? <laughs> That's a, that's actually a tough question. I probably it is. It is. I've, got a, I've got a question. Do I need Trippy the do I need Trippy in defense? Um yes. Okay, then I'll take more friends. Yeah, well it'd be good to see him back in the league as well if uh, his move to West Ham goes ahead. Well, yeah, especially because I think West Ham will need not just his playmaking but his leadership. Hopefully, West Ham can hold on to that, uh, to that, uh, Piquetta guy. Yeah, Piquetta. Yeah, um, he's 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 attracting interest, and now with um, Kevin De Bruyne ruled out for four months, that might force um, Pep Guardiola to perhaps bring someone like Piquetta in. You don't know. There's still a lot of time left in the transfer window, and it's good, you know, if there's no good time to get an injury. But from Kevin De Bruyne's point of view in Manchester City, 
getting injured on the uh, 15th of August when there's still two weeks left in the transfer window is a good time because it gives Man City two weeks to think, okay, Kevin De Bruyne's out. Do we need to bring someone in? Who do we need to bring in? And we need to get him in quickly. So let's get business done. Who do you, uh, what, what, do you, do you think that, do you think that Liverpool's summer has been good or bad? Because, I mean, I don't know what to think of Liverpool's summer. Yeah, they brought in Alexis McAllister. We saw what he did at the war, at the war cup, but Liverpool lost Jordan Henderson, the captain and leader for being somebody who could put, Somebody at the heart of the midfield, and then Roberto Firmino. Not true. He might not have been the same player, but I, I don't know what to think of Liverpool's summer. Personally, I think Liverpool did a good job getting rid of the three players you mentioned, and also James Milner, um, because you can't win anything with an aging midfield like that. Um, I haven't been impressed with Fabinho the last couple of seasons. He's just He's, you know, he's uh, he's he's always giving away free kicks. Um, he's doing more bad than good, in my opinion. Uh, Firmino, shame he left, you know, but he was getting old. Uh, probably the right time to sell him. Um, and Jordan Henderson, I listen. Don't get me wrong. He's won the league title. He's won the Champions League. He was a good leader. He's not a good footballer, but he was a good leader. Um, but you know, he. He bought into, you know, he was driven by money, and that's why he left to join the Saudi Arabia League. Um, so I think getting rid of those players is good. Bringing in McAllister from Brighton is a very good move. Um, we saw what he could do for Liverpool's goal on uh, Sunday against Chelsea, that long pass to Salah on the right-hand side. Um, I do like McAllister. He's done well at Brighton, and I think he'll do very well at Liverpool. I think they probably need one or two more midfielders. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold playing in midfield. It makes sense in the fact that he's a terrible defender, but he's brilliant in attack. So that does make sense, but it's going to take him a bit of time to get used to playing in midfield. The funny thing about Liverpool is they were prepared to pay £115 million for Moses Casido. A couple of years after, Jurgen Klopp said he would never pay £1 million for a player. So the fact that he broke his promise on a player that then changed his mind and decided not to go to Liverpool and sign for Chelsea instead makes it even funnier from Liverpool, you know, from somebody who doesn't support Liverpool's point of view. Yeah, and now, and now all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, he might be playing. It might be hurting Liverpool because I feel like Liverpool needed to get younger. They did get uh, Dominic Slobolai. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. He he looked all right the other day um, against Chelsea. Um, again, it might take him a while to settle into the Premier League, like most. Some players do, not all of them. It takes a bit of time to sort of get used to uh, how the, the game is played over here. Um, but no, I think he'll do all right. Obviously, he's a younger player than the three, maybe four players that we mentioned before. So a bit of youth along with McAllister in there. Attacking-wise, there's no problem with Liverpool. You know, uh, Nunes, Jota, Salah, when he's not grumpy. And I'm yeah. sure there's some 
um, Gakpo, um, Diaz. There's five very, very good forwards Liverpool have. And you've got Trent Alexander on one side and Andy Robertson on the other side, bombarding the box with crosses. Liverpool, Liverpool will be involved in a lot of high-scoring games, I think, this season. They'll score a lot, but they'll also concede a few because, you know, Virgil van Dijk, he's not the same player as he was when Liverpool won the league title. Uh, that's for sure. So, um, yeah, it's it, Liverpool, all right. Um, getting in the top four would be a good season for them. Well, those Thursday Sunday games, trust me, you know, those Thursday Sunday games are going to be fun this year. Yeah, no, you don't want Thursday Sunday. I mean, I know Wednesday, Saturday, it shouldn't make any difference, but it does. It just does. Psychologically, a player, you know, playing on a Thursday night and then coming back and playing on a Sunday, is it's the same recovery time as Wednesday, Saturday. So, it, but it's just in their heads playing on a Thursday night and then a Sunday night can play with your mind. <clears throat> and um, yeah, you don't want that. You don't want that. But it's listen, you know, it's a it's a good backup plan if you don't finish in the top four and qualify for the Champions League next year. If you win the Europa League which Liverpool will be favourites for before a ball is kicked, um, then they're in the Champions League next year. Whether, you know, regardless of where they finish in the league, they could finish 10th, but they're still in the Champions League. I've got an idea. I've got an idea. How about Chelsea win the, how about Chelsea winning the EPL, but then City, Arsenal, and Newcastle finishing one through four, but Manchester United winning the Champions League, then Liverpool winning the Europa League. Blimey, that's a lot of things, isn't it? Uh, I don't know what the odds would be for that. I must check that out. Right? Um, yeah, that's probably probably matching Leicester at what a thousand to one to win the EPL. Yeah, yeah. You you kind of lost me when you said you know Chelsea will win the EPL. You know, I kind of I couldn't get past that. You know, whatever whatever you said after that just went fell on deaf ears. Which player change? Which player do you think coming uh, coming to a new club will have the biggest impact on his team? Ooh. Oh, blimey, that's a good question. <laughs> good question. Um, I've forgotten who signed who. Uh, oh, blimey. Give me a second. It's it's it hasn't been a great summer for signings for the Premier League. I don't think. Uh, yeah, it seems like everybody's been spending like a, spending a gap of money for these players. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Uh, Blimey, there's there's nobody there. There's there's um no, I don't want that. Bear with me a second. How are we doing for time? Are we okay? Yeah. I think yeah, I've got it now. Um, I think Declan Rice will have the biggest influence. Why? For, because as we mentioned before, his leadership qualities. Um, he's joining a team that finished second last year. Um, so they're going to get better this year. Um, I think he's a very good player. I think he's what Arsenal need. 
someone in midfield just to break up the opposition attacks. Um, he's capable of passing 30, 40 yard passes. He's also capable of just giving the ball to Martin Odegaard for him to take the attacks forward. Um, he can chip in with a goal or two, but most importantly, his leadership qualities. You can never have enough leaders in a football team. If you've got too many, you can't have too many. If you don't have enough, you're going to struggle. So the more leaders you have, the better. Um, so, yeah, I think... Do you remember last year? There was a game uh, in the run-in. might have been against Man City. I, I can't remember if it was. When Arsenal conceded a goal and Zinchenko got all the players into a huddle and had a team talk after that. That's that's That kind of showed a lack of leadership within the team. And I think you don't need to do that. You just need someone like Declan Rice to sort of say to the players, right, lads, I will lead this team forward. Just follow my lead. Um, you know, there's different ways of leading a team. And I think Declan Rice has got all the qualities of a great leader and he will be a captain of Arsenal in the very near future. That's for sure. I don't like players coming into a new club and being handed the captain's armband straight away. So I reckon this time next year, our Arsenal could be managed. Arsenal could be captained by Declan Rice. And the last game he played for West Ham, he won a trophy. So he knows how to win things. And that was at a very average West Ham team. Yeah, winning the uh, Europa Conference League last year. Yep. Might not sound like much, but I got them into the Europa League, which, you know, for a club like West Ham, that means a lot. Um, they get to play some big teams. But All right. Yeah. All right, Charlie. Thanks for hopping on today. And uh, hopefully uh, there'll be a few more goals going and uh, we can set a few more EPL transfer, record, uh, transfer records before the window closes absolutely thanks for having me dylan 